Hello and welcome to the IIMB podcast brought to you by the Communications Office and Student Media Cell of IIM Bangalore. The podcast series aims to become a platform to discuss the latest business, economic, management and social issues that matter. The podcast will witness the IIM Bangalore fraternity including but not limited to the faculty members, students and alumni provide their insights and perspectives to the topics and issues that surround us today we have with us professor g shenesh who recently co-authored the classic marketing management book with professor philip kotler kevin keller and jagdish shet regarded as the bible of marketing the book talks about the disruptions in industries and business models due to digitalization globalization growth in e-commerce digital communication impact of social media and the widespread use of data analytics and artificial intelligence digital marketing is one key aspect that has been impacting businesses worldwide today professor would be discussing the various aspects of digital marketing from its evolution to way forward we welcome you professor to the imb podcast and we look forward to the meaningful discussion on this topic thank you sakshi and thank you uh, for inviting me uh, to share my experiences uh, on digital marketing and i'm happy to uh, share my perspectives uh, because i also teach a course on digital marketing strategies uh, and i'm sure that you know, there is a lot of learning that will come up through our discussions as and also as we observe how companies are adopting Uh, different facets of digital marketing thank you professor so i'll just dive into the first question given the recent spurt of many digital platforms and firms trying to have a digital footprint be it say a sports brand like nike with their nike plus or conventional fmcg brands diving into the digital space how do you think marketing has evolved from the traditional sense yeah so absolutely you are right uh, sakshi the uh, marketing has evolved marketing has continued to evolve actually over the decades uh, uh, from a, uh, from the traditional channels that were used for reaching out uh, so i will use the value delivery uh, process framework to actually highlight how where the changes have taken place if you think about uh, the reason why any organization exists it has to create value for someone and in marketing we really think about the value delivery process creating value for the customers and if you create value for the customers the customers have to create value for you in terms of profitability and finally the firm has to be successful and grow profitably so what is this value delivery process and i'll i'll use three stages and highlight three stages of a value delivery process the first one is what i call as the understand value or choose value and in marketing we typically start by thinking about segmenting the market into consistent or homogeneous groups selecting the target that you want to focus on and positioning so stp is the choosing the value that you want to play it's almost like choosing the playground the second stage is what i would call as the create value product development service development pricing decisions uh, distribution decisions uh, support and after sales service so that's the creating value part the third one is what i would call as a communicate value which is about through your sales force through promotions and through integrated marketing communication uh, 
Now, if you look at any value delivery process and then find that it's a sustained value, but look at the first three stages. Uh, digital has really transformed every single stage from to choose value, you need to understand customers and you need to understand the market. And the insights that we get through digital because customers are spending so much time on digital platforms today you know, for search, for e-commerce, for making decisions to purchase or entertain or inform themselves. So companies have to be there to even understand customers and prospects. And that has changed because traditionally insights used to come from surveys, usage experiences, feedback, and multiple observation methods. So insight part has completely changed. The second part about creating value, now that you have collected the insights and you have decided to position yourself, that has transformed because the product development cycles have been crushed now. Uh, traditionally, companies would take four years or two years to create, come with a new version. Now that has been short, really short-circuited, reduced significantly to sometimes even six weeks, like Adobe does, you know, from 24 months to six weeks for a new version to be released in the market. And that's because the insights are much more almost real time based on usage experience, not by asking customers. Similarly for services, organizations are introducing far more faster new service versions because of access to digital. Pricing, if you think about in the second stage again, is a lot more customized. You don't have to necessarily print the MRP in all the products that you sell. You can have custom pricing. Support is where and service is where again, you see a lot of use of digital channels. So if I think about the first two stages of value delivery process and the understand value and the create value, digital is making a huge impact. The most visible one obviously in digital marketing is the communication space where companies are shifting from alloc allocating a significantly higher part of the budget of communication to digital channels because that's where customers are spending time. So yes, you know, it doesn't matter what sector, what industry, what company you are, Pretty much at every stage of value delivery process, we see the role for digital. Yes, Sakshi, does that? Uh, yes, Professor. So, so uh, given this. Yeah. Sorry. So, is that okay? Yeah, yeah, that I is okay. We'll cut time. down this part. Yeah, towards the end, you can cut down and, you know, uh, yeah, I, I just stopped after it reached sort of seven minutes. But um, yeah. broadly, I wanted to convey that there is a process and that every aspect of that value delivery process gets affected by digital. And the communication is, is where a lot of effort is actually today placed. So we can elaborate on right. that. Yeah. Uh, so given the framework, Professor, uh, what do you think makes mm -hmm. digital marketing different? Is it just the online version of the conventional ads and promotions we had, or is it the change in the customer journey altogether? Yes. Okay. That's uh, thank you for asking this question because you know, uh, what makes digital marketing different is the impact on every stage of the value delivery process. Okay. While there is a lot of emphasis on on the communication part uh, and the fact that companies have a lot of access today to their own channels and so they don't depend on many of the traditional channels like television or radio or mass media, newspaper, magazines. Increasingly, the budgets are shifting, and that's the most visible part. Uh, but you know, it's much more than simply shifting your budgets from traditional channels to the um, new digital channels, whether social media handles or your own website or own social media handles for the companies. So companies get a lot of sort of control over 
new channels. And so they have their own pages. That's obvious ones. Many of them just provide information. Many of them allow transactions uh, so that you can actually purchase. And that's or you partner with e-commerce sites to sell products and services. So the, the entire process has changed now when you start thinking about digital. And it's not just a replacement or substitution of traditional channels to uh, more uh, digital channels. The second, I think the, the, the second part is that a lot of large companies, while well, they are very comfortable creating those digital properties, uh, it also has leveled the playing field for the smaller companies and startups uh, in two different ways. One, uh, as a startup, I don't have enough resources. If I don't have any lot of resources, uh, how do I reach my target customers? Uh, typically, a startup doesn't have resources to use mass media. They are very expensive. The production cost of an ad for a television is expensive. If you take a half-page advertisement in the mainstream newspaper, it's very expensive. Uh, so it gives me an opportunity now as a startup to set up my own properties, create content and attract customers and also use it for running ads. And it's completely controllable. The second part of that it does, especially for goods, uh, products which are sold in outlets, retail chains, getting shelf space is very difficult. It's very expensive because there are a lot of choices. And the intermediaries like the large chains or even the small Kirana stores, they become sort of gatekeepers. So it's not get easy to get access to the shelf space. Now, digital allows you to sell directly. So there's a plethora of DTC brands, you know, direct to consumer brands which have come into the play from very traditional food products to mattresses to services, all of them have come into play. So digital marketing is not just about you know media and communication, but also as a channel for distribution, a channel for support, a channel for you know, attracting visitors to your property so that they learn more about your products and services. So it's, it's a plethora of things that one has to look at much more holistically than just using as a channel for communication. Now, the other part, the third element I would say is the fact that when we were using the traditional media, mass media like television, radio, newspaper, it was one way. It was a broadcast. Now, digital has three parts typically. The broadcast part has been replaced by outbound advertising or outbound marketing. So you can use your uh, own properties um, on uh, say your website, you can have your YouTube channels, you can have Facebook channels where you still broadcast and maybe much longer ads. Uh, that's not really very exciting, but you know that helps you control what the message that you do. The second part is you can do inbound marketing, which is where you attract the prospects and your existing customers to collect more information, gather more knowledge, and more importantly, solve their own problems, find their own solutions. Okay, so that's outbound is one, which is the substitution of the traditional. The inbound is where you're attracting prospects and customers by solving the problems, giving them information, and helping them improve their whatever situation. The third part within this is what we call as a social media, where customers talk to each other. Customers talk to prospects, customers share information, customers share information about usage experience, good, bad, ugly, and where the brands don't have any control. And that makes them very cagey about what customers would say. And today, the reality is many customers, many users would actually showcase their experiences, positive and negative, both on social media. And that's very high impact because it's not something that the company is saying. It's being said by the 
user who has experienced your product. So you want to be having as a, as a brand owner, as a brand marketer, you have to make sure that you're listening to that conversation, you're participating, you're sort of amplifying the positives, but also addressing the negatives which come up much more faster there uh, on the social media. So to sum up broadly, there is there are two things that's happening. One, for startups, um, I can, it's it's a great level playing field, so I can reach out to my target customers, smaller numbers dispersed, maybe sometimes even globally through digital channels. The second is I don't need physical distribution, to, at least to start with. Easy, easy to enter any business with potentially D2C. And for large companies which were in traditional media, it's being substituted at least in the, the outbound side, definitely, but also it creates a lot more possibilities to create content to attract customers, which makes it much more interesting because digital channels are much more amenable to inbound marketing. The challenge is really on the third kind where you know the customers and prospects and users are talking to each other and you want to be part of the conversation when you don't have control from a brand marketer's perspective. Yeah, Sakshi, that does it make sense? Yes, yes. Uh, that makes yeah. sense, Professor. So you talked a lot about small businesses and startups and how they can use digital. So can you also yeah. comment on what should be the traditional digital marketing mix from them and should it be different from other firms? Yeah, so uh, the, <clears throat> the marketing mix, I think if you're selling goods, a lot of startups get into food business, uh, service businesses, you know, so they still need to have the first part, which is the value delivery process, which is segmentation, targeting, and positioning right. Okay. Um, you remember that every space is very competitive. There are lots of choices, and customers are you know, inherently driven by habit. Um, they continue to use many products and services which they have been familiar with, they are comfortable with, and it's very difficult to make them switch. So when you're a startup, the STP part has to be very right. When it comes to the that's the strategic aspect. The second part is a four piece if it's a product and seven piece the largely the elements remain the same okay largely the elements remain the same but the nature of the product itself has changed because the product is much more enriched with digital information digital facilitation all of those things uh, pricing you have a lot more control in terms of customizing the pricing um, in terms of distribution obviously the place decision you are much more more flexible because you're not necessarily at least from a startup perspective you don't have to worry about getting access to shelf space and the final one which is promotion obviously we talked about it uh, you don't have to necessarily start by using traditional media so the uh, the p's remain the same but some of the elements of you know the, how the nuances and the usage uh, changes broadly if it's a product right. company, it's a goods company. But it's a service again. You know, service, the process become much more streamlined, lot less dependent on people. Actually, a lot of things have been automated. Think about traditional banking versus new age banking. Even the large bank companies or the you know, completely internet only or online only banks, you know, which process are much more simpler. Transactions are much more simpler. Collecting information is much more simpler for the customer. So it's it's it changes the customer journey. It changes the customer experience. And customer doesn't depend upon you for you know, access to the services that were traditionally delivered in physical channels, whether it's a branch or ATM. Yeah, does that? Uh... Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, that answers the question. Uh, so almost all the firms are now switching to digital and there's a plethora of content that is available on internet and a lot of influencer posts and digital ads. So what, you, what do you think are some of the strategies that brands can use to build say, a stronger brand and stand out in such a scenario? Yeah, so this is this is a double-edged sword. You know, the lot of content is available at the same time there is information overload. So how do you make it easy for a user to discover uh, your content? Uh, and uh, they would reach out to you only when they have either an opportunity or they are trying to solve the problem. And are you the sort of a you know the leader in or identified expert in solving that problem? Remember, no one is interested in buying products that you sell really. People are buy, interested in buying a solution to the problem that they're facing or the opportunity that it creates for you. So incidentally, the product or service that you're offering solves a particular problem for a customer. Then they are interested in you. So even traditional products like food products uh, where you know customers would simply buy it and then figure out the recipes from the recipe book, today companies are combining the two. and saying that, okay, buy this product and these are the four potential recipes that you can have. So the products have been embedded with or sort of surrounded with services which solves the customer's problem. Okay, So how do you build a strong brand in a digital context where customers are surrounded by digital is really being part of the journey, helping them solve problems for themselves. And how do you stand out? You become the expert. You should be known as an expert in solving the problems and you know, helping them achieve their goals. So we go back to basics of starting with who is the persona who will benefit most from you and why are you different from and better than others in solving that problem. So they should it should attract them to come to you. That user should come to you first and then say, okay, do I need to buy the product from this brand or an alternative? Remember the choices have increased manifold now. Just because it's D2C, D2C has also increased the choices for customers because for every category, Lots of companies now are offering directly to customers. And when you have too much choice, actually customers reduce consumption. It becomes very confusing. So how do you stand out there? So you need to be the expert, you need to be the best, and you need to be perceived by the users as the best. So a lot of effort, a lot of thought has to go into uh, any product in terms of how do you establish this expertise. The traditional things like, you know, you need a certification, you need endorsements, it's, it's great. Uh, increasingly, uh, one of the things that I, I thought I should also highlight is just like brand ambassadors are, are sort of double-edged swords, you know, uh, you remember the brand ambassador, but you don't remember the brand that they were endorsing. I think we are also reaching a similar situation with influencers, especially the mega influencers. They're almost seen as the big Mega influencers are similar to the brand ambassadors. They don't use your products. They don't, you know, they're just being paid to say good things about your product. So the credibility, the trust that is required from an influencer is much more stronger when the influencer is much more connected with you. So smaller influencers, micro influencers seem to be saying it and making a much bigger impact in terms of the trust factor. The best influencer is your customer, incidentally. A customer who has used your product and uh, shows the usage and hopefully is very satisfied with your offering is the best influencer, not the paid ones. Every brand should aim for a lot of brand ambassadors who are unpaid, who are users who are extremely happy because you have solved a problem for them. 
Right, that yes, makes sir. sense, Professor. Uh, so you talked about a lot of competition and a lot of content being available and how brands should be an expert in their area. But we also see that given the competition, the switching cost for a customer is very low. So say as a person, I have both Ola and Uber, both Swiggy and Zomato, and I use it at my will. So how can brands use this digi digital space to achieve the long-term customer loyalty since I do not have a cost to switch to other brands? Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is very interesting. Thank you, so, uh, Sakshi, because, you know, so switching is a reality. Uh, even in the traditional, uh, uh, you know, pre-digital sort of market, uh, the supermarket is the best place for to switch. You know, people are walking with their trolleys, pushing the cart, and they would switch. They know that in mentally or physically, they will have a list of products, grocery items they want to buy. And, you know, so switching is a reality. It's just a sort of a hand away, you know. So your, your hand goes and picks up a brand of detergent that you have been always using. There's something else in promotion or, and you feel that it's comparable, it's similar, you'll try that, okay? So we have we have stopped trying to achieve 100% customer loyalty. It's very difficult, okay? So what we try to do is really the share of wallet. That if you're spending say 100 rupees in a particular category, Am I getting 60%, 70% or is it 90%? I'm not happy with 10% or 20%, okay? So as a brand manager, I would want the customer to have 100%. That's the ideal situation for all my customers. But in reality, typically I'm happy with, you know, higher share of wallet, which means I'm purchased more frequently, uh, I'm, even if I'm a slightly more expensive and the customer has alternatives. And that's the reality for most categories, okay? Uh, except for very, very expensive products, where typically, so, you know, most families will have maybe one car, maybe two cars, but, you know, many times they would have the same brand, same company. But if you think about a lot of products which are low involvement, like grocery, it, customers would think about two, three brands as very comparable, competitive, and they would say, well, I'm happy with all three of them. But I may have 50% share for brand one, the brand that I prefer, and brand two and three gets the remaining 50%. Similarly for airlines, similarly for um, travel, for restaurants, for example, um, that has been a reality in the uh, pre-digital world. Now, when it came to digital, it's actually much more easier. Think about all the OTAs, okay, online travel agents. Uh, so you may be extremely loyal to a certain chain of hotel. And if you buy from the travel agent or if you buy from a properties website, say Taj Group, you don't see the alternatives available. So today customers go to an online travel agent like Make My Trip, where it's very easy to compare. So I'm going to Delhi and I want to stay in a hotel and this is the dates and what are the options available near the airport, for example, or in Connaught Place. Very easy to compare and find. So switching has actually increased, which is why today companies really focus on share of volume. Customers have both Ola and Uber. Customers will have both Swingy and Zomato. And everything else being same, that Cetris Paribus, they will switch when a promotion is more attractive because the same services are available on both of them, largely. On Swiggy, the same set of restaurants are available. On Zomato, the same set of restaurants are available. So customers are value seekers. They will say, okay, if I can get it slightly cheaper or maybe faster through Swiggy or Zomato, I'll switch. And that happens instantly on the phone. So I think the shift is from trying to achieve 100% brand loyalty to increasing my share of wallet. That the customer will accept it that the customer will buy from different department stores, 
different uh, e-commerce sites, different um, ride hailing services, uh, I should get more share. Yeah, Sakshi, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, so that makes sense, Professor. Uh, so just like a summing up, wrapping up for the prod, uh, podcast, uh, do you have okay. any say leaving remarks for the brands going forward or as students uh, who will be joining these brands maybe in some time in position of brand managers so do you have any tips in terms of digital marketing i think the uh, yeah my advice would be to follow your customer okay be very clear about who this customer is you may have multiple personas multiple usage occasions follow the customer's journey observations interactions talking to them studying them uh, when they make those choices, uh, read up about the comments that they give. I think that's the starting point. Okay, uh, Many of us get excited about the tools and technologies, but remember that the customer has limited time. Uh, customer is overloaded with information and, and customer doesn't want anything to interfere with their daily life. So we seem to be interrupting customers and you know when we use many of these digital channels. Now, when it's initiated by the customer, you should be there, which is why the search ads are much better than anything else Okay, when it comes to communication. But what is the ideal situation? Ideal situation is customer really has experienced your product. The experience has been great and the customer automatically comes back to you. You need to keep engaging with those customers with permission. But you know, if you ignore that, if you forget the basics that you know, there is a customer who doesn't have time to spend listen to your stories because there's a customer who has much better things to do in life than buying products but your products are solving problems for the customer our solution to solves them solves the daily life problems that they face on a daily basis and i'm part of their life then i have a winner so as a brand manager i think while you constantly worry about competitors in a competitive marketplace the reality is competition has increased manifold I think you know if you lose sight of the person who makes a decision as a user, as a buyer, and as a payer, we are doing a disservice to marketing. I think the customer centricity is the key to winning in any competitive market, both to retain existing customers as well as to attract new customers. Hmm. Yeah, Sanjay, does that make sense? Yes, yes, it does, Professor. Thank you so much for your time to enlighten our listeners on this topic. It was a very good discussion and we hope our audience will enjoy that. It was really a pleasure to have you with us. Yeah, thank you, Sakshi. So maybe you should just edit and cut it down to maybe 20, just 25 minutes. Just one minute, I'll stop the recording. Okay. Thank you so much, Professor, for your time today to enlighten our listeners on this topic. It was an interesting and informative discussion, which we are sure our audience will enjoy. It was really a pleasure to have you with us.